94.1 Triple M, the Saturday sports show, all thanks to McDonald's in South Headland, Smooth and Rich McCafe Blend Coffee, Fit for an Aussie. There's uh, a book uh, about to be released. Um, in fact, it has been released in the last couple of weeks. It's called A Tale of Two Men, not A Tale of Two Cities. This is A Tale of Two Men. Uh, and it chronicles the days on field and a lifetime spent involved in the game of footy by a Perth-born kid who went across and played in the VFL, also uh, in the SANFL. Uh, you may know him. Uh, Neil Baum joins me on the phone. Neil, hello. How are you? Welcome to the Saturday Sports Show. In Port Hedland. Isn't that wonderful? Thank <laughs> you for inviting me on. But uh, no, 50 years in footy, who'd have ever believed that? But uh, oh, had a great time. I've been very plus, lucky. 50 plus. You, yes, you started yes, as a teenager. Yes, yes. Yes, I started in 1968 at the mighty Subiaco Footy Club as a 16-year-old kid, so it is a long time ago. Ooby dooby Subi. What was the song? Mm. Glory, glory Subiaco when you won a game. Back in well, the I can't even remember the bloody song. That's well, how long it is since I've been there. It would have yeah. been a while. You didn't have much success at Subi, did you? It was 1973 was the last time I won a premiership before they had their big run in the in the late 90s and early 2000s. So, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I was only there in 68. I went to Melbourne <laughs> in 69, so uh, yeah, not my fault. But, yeah, no, you, you followed me and Dad and the family dragged you across kicking and screaming, I'm sure, to, over to Melbourne. But uh, you were picked up um, as uh, a quite tall and rough and ready footballer um, and you, you, played a, you played a bit in the day uh, with uh, the Richmond Footy Club. Yes, yes, I played for Richmond my whole career, 10 years at Richmond. Mm-hmm. Um, finished up with Crook Knee, so I finished at 27, 28, um, which was a bit early, but I played a lot and uh, had, had a lot of fun. And and uh, that, that's what the, the book's about, in a sense, the, the tale of two men, and that I played very aggressively. And I, I was pretty competitive and I loved playing, but I wasn't. that wasn't really uh, my nature. But I felt that that's what I had to do for my teammates to, to make it hard for the other team to play well, is to intimidate them and get on top of them, etc. So I thought it was their problem rather than mine. But when I look back at it, as a you know, as a pure football person, you think, well, oh, that's probably a bit unfair. Some of that stuff, but but uh, I'm not um, I'm not ashamed of it. That's just the way it was. That's what happened in those days, and uh, that was what I thought I had to do. So I did love playing. I must admit. Um, so probably some people didn't love playing against me by the look of some of the stuff <laughs> that I did. But, the no, 19, the was, 1970s, yeah. Barmy, were a, were a fantastic era. There was it was the the one umpire system back in the day. Uh, there was only twelve teams in the VFL back in those days, and um, it was. And you you have a look at the well now the YouTube videos, but they they came out regularly on uh, on VHS and then CDs, the uh, sensational seventies. And there was a certain case of the Biff, wasn't there back in those days with the the one umpire, no cameras. Well, that, that, well, that's that's the truth. Is that if the umpire didn't see you, uh, right you on. were fine. Yeah. Whereas now the umpire could see you three months later and you get life. <laughs> you know <laughs> what I mean? No, well, not even the umpire. So it was. I mean, you know, I can see why we've changed it and why we've done it, but it was you know, it was a bit easier to get away with stuff. We accepted things a bit more in those days. So, uh, but it was they, they were great times for footy. We I really enjoyed it. I must admit. The, as you say, the game has changed. It's evolved over the last five decades or seven, six, six seven decades, all the way through um, through till now. And uh, I guess the biggest change is it's a lot faster, Neil. How do you how do you reckon uh, at your size uh, around the, the the grounds at uh, Punt Road in the, in the nineteen seventies would go with the speed of the game these days? 
Oh, I'd have to run a bit more, I think. But um, <laughs> yeah, it would, would, would certainly would certainly be a challenge. But but I think um, it is quite fun. It has changed a lot. I mean, the poor old player today, he's got you know ten decisions to make every time he gets the ball. Whereas yeah, and quickly. You know, yeah, back in, in my day, particularly being coached by Tommy Hafey, who was a wonderful person and a wonderful coach, but very, very simplistic about what they said, is yep. that they said, just put your head over the ball, try as hard as you can, kick as long as you can, and that's it. And if you actually tried to do anything else, which is what our guys do nowadays, you were called, you were finessing, and stop bloody finessing. <laughs> you think you are. Um, just just keep to the simplicity of the game, which, um, I mean, clearly there's a lot more to the game than that, but that's that's kind of work, what worked at the time. But the players today, they've got to think, well, do I go long? Have they, have they got a plus? Uh, do I go inside or do I trade in? Or, you know, do I hold the ball in? What's my ball security like? There's, all, there's so many decisions that the poor old player has to make that's um, much more challenging nowadays than it was then from from the decision-making point of view, I think, for all players. You brought up T-shirt, Tommy. There was a whole bunch of legendary coaches in the days. Ron Barassi back in the 70s. There was also uh, Yabby Jeans, Jack Kennedy. Uh, there's a, all these legendary coaches that, as you say, just kept it simple. Um, grab ball, look, get it onto the boot. It was man-on-man situation back now. That back then. Nowadays, the whole field just moves. It's like watching a, a chessboard just move up and down the field to the extent with... Was it uh, Dennis Pagan that brought in the paddock um, and then you just flood back into it? Yes, it's interesting. You look at it now and um, they're all, everyone's somewhere near the ball, whereas in our day you virtually played your position yeah, and waited man, for the ball out. to come in a sense, yeah, which is... You wonder whether if you tried to go back to that, whether it would have an impact. I, I think probably not because the numbers... The numbers around the ball are the ones are the thing that determines who gets it mostly, so you're, you're probably not going to get away with it, but... Um, I, I wonder sometimes what's a better game to watch. But um, the good ones of today are great games. Like, you know, a couple of games on the weekend were just something pretty spectacular. So it's a bit hard to be critical, isn't it? Well, it is. Uh, and a weekend off from AFL this weekend because uh, finals kick in next week. And uh, let's go through. Uh, we've got, well, how's Collingwood's last two and a half months? They've won more games by less than eight points than they've, than they've lost um, throughout the season. And uh, Craven Craze has done a... An, an awesome job turning that team around from a potential basket case in the last year. Oh, they, they, their attitude and their belief in themselves is yeah. amazing. I know I was sitting watching it with one of the boys, um, and then he said, oh, oh they definitely gone on this time. I said, hey, don't. And this is during the last quarter when they should have been gone. And I said, well, they've got away, they've got out of this several times in the last couple of months, so I wouldn't give up yet. And, and as, as we all know now, they, they hung in there and um, Elliot kicked a, that beautiful goal, a winning goal. It was, a, it was amazing, really. Yeah, but the, and then they held on for a minute and a half to uh, secure. Oh the... yes, yes, that's right. They they have they've got the toughness and the Neil, oh, excuse you, me, uh, the knowledge to yeah. do that. Yeah, Neil, you went from playing into coaching, uh, and you were at the helm of the Melbourne Footy Club, the Demons, when they went through a period of turmoil. There was a, a period where the the powers that be at, at VFL House were looking at a merger between the Demons and the Hawks at one stage. Um, <coughs> and Don Scott over at the Hawks was totally against it. But uh, there was a lot of people that were, were moving for the merger. What was your position like as the coach at the time? Oh, bloody impossible in truth. I mean, how do you deal with that? But um, it, it was it was quite challenging. <laughs> but that's the problem. I mean, Melbourne put together, a, you know, they had a program where they looked at how can we improve our club, what are the things we've got, you know, strategic planning and 
And they came up with the answer that if we had a lot more money and a lot better players, we'd be a better club. <laughs> That's a simplistic so, look, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was a, and they said, and one way of doing that is to merge with uh, another club. Hawthorne have got plenty of money and some players, and let, why don't we do that? And, and again, as you said, the BFL House was, or AFL House was encouraging that kind of thing at the time. Mm. Um, so we were, in, in a way, footy was quite lucky that uh, Don Scott was uh, as sport-headed as he became Fair and right. stood up and said, we, we ain't doing it. And and then Melbourne had to, um, they encouraged yeah. Joe Goodnick to come in and he came in with some money and no idea of footy and a lot of bad <laughs> ideas and sacked me at half time in a game and best thing that's ever happened to me. It makes me realise that maybe I shouldn't coach, maybe I should do something else. Well, but, you I mean, you were, you were coaching in Melbourne in the lead up to the change from VFL to AFL. I mean, the, you saw, you were there in Melbourne when... Adelaide and, and West Coast came in um, in the late 1990s. And, um, so that, well, sorry, the late 80s, you were, you was going through that. And then West Coast came and won their two flags at the start of the 90s. Then Adelaide took over with back-to-back flags in 97, 98. What was it like in Melbourne with the, the interstaters taking the cup away? Oh, well, it was very challenging. But I, I was in... Um in Adelaide coaching when the South Australians were trying to think about how, how are they going to get involved in the AFL, if you want to call it, you know, the Australian Football League rather than just South Australian. So there's all of that going on. So it had been going on for some time. But So pe- people in footy had accepted it and realised, I mean, particularly me, I'm from WA and I'd been in SA and I'd been in Victoria, so it didn't bother me at all. I thought it was fine. Uh, but the locals in uh, Melbourne weren't too happy with it, I can guarantee it. But, um, I mean... It's really, it, it was important probably that footy did that to try and, you know, maximise its uh, possibilities, which I, I think it has and done reasonably well. And how do you, how do you uh, reconcile with the, the players these days? There's an awful lot of, um, and, it, and I'm sure it was around in your playing days and in your coaching days and now in your football management days um, of the, I guess, the mindset of the players. It's uh, the mind is a fragile thing, and uh, the players these days are more actively encouraged to talk about what's going on rather than bottle it all up. It was. It wasn't. Certainly wasn't that way when you were around as as a teenager and you starting started your playing days. No, I think I think I was probably ahead of my time in a way because I sort of recognised that as an important part of uh, who we were. Uh, earlier than others at times, but um, no, we were just told do what you're told, and if you don't, if you can't do it, pee off in a way in the old days. But I mean, we really know that the best way to get the most out of people is to have people buy in and actually believe in them and help them and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we've done an enormous amount of work on um, on on that sort of thing within footy clubs, and the best footy clubs are the ones who who buy in, who uh, understand what. They all want to do, um, have an agreed purpose. Essentially, it's not just about uh, making yourself as good as you can be. It's making the club as good as it can be. And they're the ones that um, hopefully are the ones that win. Um, and I think that's that's very powerful if you can get that to happen. And it's a, it's a really good thing because it, it recognises the individual. That's one of the things that happened, you know, Richmond in the old days in the 70s are very strong and they were just terrible through the 80s and, and into the 90s. And that's because... In my opinion, we lost respect for the individual. We just, yeah. you know, traded people for the fun of it and all this sort of stuff. And it was horrible. If someone asked for a bit more money, you were treated as uh, being disloyal and uh, all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, we lost people like, you know, the Cloak, David Cloak and uh, 
Brian Wood and uh, Brian Roberts and you know all these people who are really so committed to the club and all of a sudden they just weren't there. And then when you ask for something from a player you, and you're given nothing back, it ain't coming, I'm telling you. So I think it took us a while to figure that out. And I think footy does get that now that, you know, you've got to give the individual the right to put their hand up and then you've got to support them. And I think that's what we do very well. And a lot of that is, you know, relates to, you know, mental wellness and uh, mental toughness and all that sort of stuff. So I think we're in a much better position than we were for a long time. Barmy, you've been a bit of a good luck charm since you've moved out of the coaching box and into the football department, if you like, whether it's general manager of football or or the like, uh, with your, your time at Geelong, a couple of flags coming your way, uh, then at Collingwood um, through the... Uh, well, they had a, a flag in, in 2010, so, but you were around the traps there. And then you moved to Richmond um, after you were moved on, if you like, from the Pies. And uh, three flags there in your in your time since you've been back at your home club. Yeah, very proud of it and very pleased to be involved. But um, oh, I've been at some pretty good clubs. I've been in the right place at the right time, I Certainly think. Yeah. Uh, but um, oh, having been a player at Richmond, to be lucky enough to come back and, and work there and help in the administration has probably been the perfect thing. It means that you know Richmond can be my legacy in a sense now that I'm getting a bit older. So, um, But, I mean, I... I been involved for 50 years and still still love footy. So, I mean, I'm very lucky because um, it's all about people and it's all about encouraging people to be as good as they can be and giving them the kind of support you can. And and when you get that back, it's uh, it's very worthwhile. Mate, you've obviously got an understanding wife and family as well to have lasted this long in the game uh, from player through to uh, coach and now administrator. Thanks for your time on the Saturday Sports Show. The... Uh, Tale of, uh, a Tale of Two Men, it's the memoir of Neil Baum, is out now. Check it out and uh, maybe get it in time for Father's Day. Great Father's Day gift for the dad. A Tale of Two Men. Neil Baum, thanks for your time. Oh, good evening, mate. Thanks for caring. I appreciate it.